This is a special edition of Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen. We're going to go to Buffalo, New York. We're going to spend some time with Carl Contino, and I hope I got that right. He is the founder of Untapped Genius. Uh, Carl, you've had some issues throughout your life. Uh, ADD, you stuttered. Um, to me, by the way, everybody today has ADD because we are so bombarded with advertising. You know, if you go into and and an I this is really strange, but I went to a men's room and over the urinal is a little monitor that comes on and sells you stuff while you're peeing, right? <laughs> we cannot hide from media. We cannot hide from being, as I said, bombarded. Uh, so I think everybody has a little bit of ADD. Any thoughts on that? Mm. Oh boy, I couldn't agree more with today's profusion of information. And you know, I used to think it was such a wonderful thing to have access to the world, but I didn't understand that there's a paradox with it. That now that I have access, um, I often find myself completely overwhelmed. Uh, not only by the media, but just the uh, uh, access to all the information that I uh, like to get my hands into. So yeah, um, and and so in the in, in the face of that, and being somebody who was born with some very interesting cognitive issues, as you were mentioning, um, you know. Now, just so you know, I don't like uh, necessarily subscribing to particular labels, but it will at least describe some of the. Uh, stuff going on in my head since I was a little boy. I, I, you know, maybe it was set up because I was born premature and I had breathing issues in the beginning. I don't know, but it definitely set the stage for some interesting games at play when it comes to my mind. So, Does everybody yeah. have, I mean, I hear, you know, my wife said to me the other day, she said, you know, you, you only live with me part of the day. I live with me all of the day. Mm. Right. And so if, if there's craziness that's driving me nuts about my wife, and she said, I'm living with that all the time, you're not. It, it was an interesting statement. It, can you relate to that? I can. There is, I like to make the distinction between there's what's happening out in the world, maybe what's happening with my body, my current circumstances, my life. And then there's how my mind perceives it and therefore ultimately how I respond. Making that clear distinction and making it a daily practice for me to check in with myself enables me to get outside, you know, my default reaction to things. And I've got a lot, we all have a lot going on. And I'm right. interpreting, uh, labeling, judging, uh, trying to explain all the things going on, right? And we tend to get caught up in those interpretations and perceptions. And so the game at play for me is to watch my mind like a movie. I love that distinction. It's a very, very simple one, but it does something profound. It separates me from my mind. And as I watch it like a movie, as an observer, I can detach at least a little bit for the moment of all that thing, all the things going on. 
And by detaching and observing, I have found it the best way to then free myself, at least for the moment, of whatever is going on in our heads. You have taken your situations. I'm not going to call them problems. You've overcome them. And on top of that, you're now teaching, and you have been for, what, 20 years or so, teaching people how to get on with their lives, how to get out of it. The, when I was looking at your material, this is a way, the untapped genius is a way of getting out of your own way. Yeah, the essential game at play. Yes. And I used to think I was the only one. And it turns <laughs> out, even the most capable, brilliant of us, we get in our own way. And even, here's a key thing, even if we know it, can you see it in the moment is a key question. Right. There are all sorts of invisible assumptions and choices and decisions we've made in the past about the nature of whatever in life. And by default, we're going to go uh, based on those uh, decisions, choices, and assumptions. Uh, and so for me to tap myself, my mind, uh, from time to time, say, well, let me take a look at this. Let me hold on loosely to what I believe to be true right now so that I can be more flexible and dynamic with what's actually going on. Having a nimble, flexible mind to me is one of our superpowers once we recognize it and hone the, uh, the skill and the art of being able to step outside the effects of one's own mind. People at a young age often come up with what they want to do with their lives. You know, young kids want to be firemen, fire people, um, police people, cowboys and cowgirls. And then as we get into maybe elementary school and junior high, what we used to call junior high, middle school, and even high school, we decide we want to do something. And we reach, try to reach that goal. And at the same time, we know that especially for men, that what we do is how we self-describe. Now, you've always wanted to be a musician. You've got drums there, all kinds of them. Uh, and you're going to play for us in a little bit. I'll, I, I wrote that note. You're, you, you, you're a jazz percussionist and guitar, if I'm not mistaken. What happens if we don't reach that goal? I have witnessed not only uh, with myself, but probably thousands of others who, um, for example, went to Los Angeles where I went to music school, two of them there, one in Philadelphia. And I saw um, the, uh, the folks who wanted to be that famous rock musician or um, you know, becoming a star on TV or in the movies, right? And I, I thought to myself, it's like, you know, out of a thousand people, how many actually get there? Maybe one out of a thousand? Maybe. Maybe. What happens to the other 999? And I have experienced um, what it's like to walk around in absolute hopelessness, like a walking shell of myself, having had pursued with all my heart and soul to achieve what I'm here to achieve and to be knocked down over and over and over again. 
um, the impact of it is profound. But there is another side to it, though. If we can get through that devastation and then move forward and turn it into something beautiful, get clear on how can I live my passion or what different ways might it look like? Being flexible and creative are fundamental as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's interesting um, being in radio and television, sometimes film. I am available, folks. Um, Self-plug is okay. If you want to plug, uh, Carl, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, uh, you, you know, you, 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 get the education for music you you do all that but you have to i guess um your roadmap may change right yes. and as you're going toward that goal you're going toward a city you're going to new york city and on the way to new york you end up in Buffalo or Philadelphia, hopefully not Florida. Sorry, Floridians. But um, um, how do you, you know, you're still going toward that goal, but you're. And, but things are coming up. Yeah. Things are coming up. As a matter of fact, I just went on my first vacation, first time in four and a half years with my two puppies. Um, I've got two huh. English cream golden retrievers, uh, uh, Bodhi Safa and Mama Rose, and I'm training them to be service dogs. So I thought, you know what? It's time to get out and, uh, you know, let's do a little test. So we drove from Buffalo all the way down to Florida. Ah. And we, we went to Disney World. We went to Miami Beach. Uh, we went to Key West. And just to be Come on, you hit South Beach, didn't you? Yes, I most certainly did. Where <laughs> my two puppies were asked to be uh, mascots for the Ritz Carlton of all things. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> An interesting side note. Uh, but getting out uh, was very important um, uh, for me. It was actually crucial that I just get away from all my work, get all, away from all the familiarity of my daily living and go on an adventure. Now that adventure, when I took off, uh, it was not smooth, it was not easy. Things came up, including in the midst of uh, 60, 70 mile per hour winds, I'm driving down the 75, 85 miles per hour, there's two lanes and lo and behold, a hundred yards in front of me, a tree, all of a sudden crashes Whoa. right in front of me. And I had just a moment to swerve to the left lane and get around. A couple hours later, I almost ran into a car that was in a ditch, but the fender was hanging over the road. I mean, all sorts of different things happen and problems, issues, the unexpected is to be expected, right? And in every case, I had to be able to respond in the moment um, and solve some very real problems along. It the saved way. your well, life. That and the, the ability to respond to the moment is everything. And yes, it did, and has. There's a there's an old saying, you know, God, Jesus, um, spirit, whatever you want to call a higher power, only throws out at you what you can handle. I hate that, by the way. Can you respond? 
<laughs> yeah, um, I have been through some interesting challenges in my life. Um, you know, I was referring to my cognitive issues, which had a devastating impact on my life. Um, I was also born with a high level of fear and volatility. Uh, people scared me. Um, you know, I couldn't find the words and still struggled with it until I was about three years old. And then people couldn't talk to me until I was about eight or nine. And I don't remember this, but my cousin was telling me, you know, Carl, you used to go run and hide in a corner. We couldn't talk to you. That's how afraid of the world I was. And yet I had a huge amount of passion. First of all, my dr first dream, I might be dating myself a little bit here, but I wanted to be the next $6 million man. Aha. Uh -huh. Steve Austin, who crashed, you know, he was an astronaut. He crashed and, you know, they didn't give him any chance to live, but they rebuilt him and he had a bionic eye. He could see a mile away. He had uh, bionic legs and he could run like a cheat. I mean, Every Friday night, right. eating Bocce's Pizza, a famous place here in Buffalo, three feet in front of the TV, I was dreaming of being that $6 million man. Little did I know that I would have unforeseen major obstacles. Again, the cognitive stuff, speech, uh, stammering, trying to find words, uh, memory issues. There are certain types of memory, like facial recognition, that just simply don't work for me. Uh, dyslexia. Uh, but here's the most devastating thing for me personally. Uh, my number one passion, as you had mentioned, was music. First, it was jazz guitar. And again, I might be dating myself a little bit here, but I wanted to be the next George Benson. Okay. He had a rhythm and groove and feel like none other. So I ended up uh, dedicating, my gosh, 10, 15 years at least to music, three different music schools. I had over 40 teachers. I practiced 10 to 12 hours every day. But wow. here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. I actually got worse because it turns out that one of my cognitive issues, which is, um, well, I, I call it many things, but I call it um, a, a flow stutter where I go to express myself, but it's like there's a trigger happy part of my mind. I call it the controller that taps on the brakes or, and it also tries to grab onto the wheel too tight and do, do the doing. And in music, we're talking or connecting with another, or just doing my day-to-day. -day. That is not the most efficient, pleasant way of doing things, right? So I recognize there's a, a stutter that was built in me that was showing up through my music, and I couldn't change it no matter what I did. Uh, and on top of that, um, I've had some interesting physical issues. Um, eight years ago, um, I was doing my, my favorite thing at the time was skiing. And it was the last run of the day. And I decided to go for it. So How are your knees? <laughs> oh, well, my knees are the least of my uh, problems here. Oh, yeah. Challenges, issues. Um, I ended up hitting a jump at 40 miles per hour the wrong way. I ended up 25 feet in the air unexpectedly. And I, fought, I fell backwards onto a sheet of ice. Ooh. And so I ended up uh, breaking eight ribs my shoulder, I punctured my lung, and I shattered my hip in nine different places. And at the time, of course, I was devastated. I was uh, panicking. I was full of fears, like, oh my gosh, because I couldn't breathe. And my leg was locked into my chest and I couldn't straighten it out. Right. Long story short, you know, I heard an inner voice in me at one point waiting for the helicopter to pick me up take me to the hospital. 
I said, Coach Carl, Coach Carl, reframe this. Now, there's what is, and then the perception of, right? Now, in the midst of it, I'm tuned into the fear of it all and the panic, like what's going on here. But I heard that little voice and said, all right, let's reframe it. And I turn even the most serious things into a game because I think that's when we can be at our best, even with most serious things, right? So I asked myself three questions with any situation. What's the opportunity here? Mm-hmm. What can I do with this? And the craziest one of all is, what do I actually like about this situation? So there I am trying to ask myself these questions in the middle of this accident. And I thought to myself, what are you kidding me? Uh, What's the opportunity? What can I do with it? What do I like about nothing? Are you kidding? But then I hear going through the sky. So, oh, that must be the helicopter for me. And I had my first reframed positive thought, if you will. Wow. I've always wanted to go on a helicopter ride. There you go. And that is what I call being into the yes of whatever's going on, no matter how horrible, if I fight it, if I panic, I'm not at my best. But if I can find some way to work with the situation sooner than later, hopefully, then I found that it turns into uh, beautiful things. So when I was in the helicopter, uh, my second reframe was, no, thank God there are people like these paramedics trained to take care of people like me. And it continued. Uh, while I was at the hospital and whatnot. And then it eventually led to over 2,136 days in a row, without exception, of what I call doing my DCOM, uh, daily celebration of movement, not exercise. I let go of exercise instead, made it a game. I made it about movement, dance, singing, And even while lifting weights, I would do it to the rhythm of the music. There was no discipline needed. I was propelled forward because I was grateful to be alive. And just to be able to move my body was everything. So that gives you an example of some of the cognitive issues I've had, physical problems. Um, And at its worst, to be quite honest, I like being open with people just so they know really what I, I, I've experienced uh, is um, at, at one point I ended up at just about the lowest point you could ever get to, um, homeless, living in my van and um, addicted and um, a couple of times contemplating ending it all. So that just gives a, a little idea of the impact that some of these challenges have had. But my grandmother told me, my Italian grandmother who lived in 97, my grandpa lived 103. They must've been doing something right. Right. She says, Carl, you know, uh, first of all, if you got your health, you got everything, but number two, where there's a will, there's truly always a way, not just as a pretty notion, but now I live that notion to the best of my ability. And part of the game is to find the freedom within the constraints Find the possibilities within the limits, if you will. Do you take your life experience, extrapolate it to others, and say, if I can do it, that's it. I can that's show my you message. how you can do it. That is my message. Yes. And, and you've been doing this for over 20 years. Uh, uh, longer than that, yeah. Longer than yeah. that. And, and with all, uh, folks from all walks of life. 
Um, I've worked with the homeless. I've worked with kids, teens, young adults. I've worked with entrepreneurs, uh, creatives of all stripes, from cinematographers to musicians to poets, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, the mega successful even. But we have all uh, we all have one thing in common. I found what we were referencing earlier. In some ways, we all get in our own way. As we age, um, as we contemplate our lives, and if we're middle-aged and you're looking, uh, my neighbor is uh, moving rocks right now, if you can hear that. Um, the, 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 the fact is that maybe you don't have as long to go as you've had already. Mm -hmm. And you want that to be better. You want, you want something different. So the, the, the actual thought here is, are we meant to live happy lives or are we supposed to suffer? I mean, you certainly suffered physically and mentally. The beautiful gift within that is that I have often been able to experience and acting as a catalyst for others to move through their challenges. It's, you know, how can I create the life that I want to experience? Not in spite of the things that get in the way, but because of. And I, a huge source of inspiration for me is nature. So, you know, Nature seems to do a, an amazing job at dealing with its challenges and creating new growth from it. If you think about a forest fire that clears the old growth so that uh, new growth can emerge. Yeah, some trees need that fire to That's be right. able to, to grow. That's right. And it's, it's built into nature. It's like if you even take a look at the, a plant, what's it grown in? Dirt, which is a bunch of rotten decay. And a bunch of crap if you think about it right yeah but provide the right environment and that crap turns into fuel for new growth and it that plant depends on it so this is not just a pretty notion we can talk all day about nice thoughts but for me a key distinction here is how do we close the gap between what we know because there's all sorts of amazing personal growth distinctions folks out there seminars books you name it i've read them all hundreds and hundreds yet they didn't help me transform. And I think one of the key challenges is the difference between what I have learned and logically know and closing the gap to being able to experience those things in real time in my everyday moment to moment. You mentioned that you've worked with mega wealthy people. Um, some people say money is the root of all evil. Smite me with it. Um, I don't believe that money is the root of all evil, but even those who have tons and tons of money and don't worry about things that the average person does, the price of six and a half dollar gas per gallon, right. um, working at minimum wage and having to pay that much more money for gas, money doesn't solve those problems does it it's still a mindset on how you live 
you said it right there. Mindset is everything. It's 100% of the game as far as I'm concerned. A uh, great example is um, uh, for several years now, I've worked with a multi-Emmy winning uh, documentary filmmaker, extremely talented, does amazing work sharing stories uh, of amazing people in this world that you would never hear of. So he had all the trimmings of success. And yet he was as, I, I will just say, he was as miserable as one can get. Mm -hmm. Two key things at play. Number one, first of all, we've never been given the owner's manual to our mind. Now we've been taught from society that, hey, once you have X, Y, and Z, you're going to be happier. You're, you're golden at that point. Well, now what happens if you do have everything you think you need to be happy, but you're not, not only that, but you find yourself kind of miserable, still worried, doubtful, full of fear, anxiety, as he was experiencing. So yes, that mindset is everything. Now I have been homeless. I have been penniless. How many times? I have uh, almost lost my life probably half a dozen times. I've been through some interesting stuff. And yet... I am now able to find and help others find um, what we call happiness just in the moment, not overall statement. Am I happy and successful? Well, that's a general statement. I'm talking about how am I doing right now? And I but, look into uh, my state of mind to determine how am I doing right now? Am I uh, able to work with all the concerns and doubts and challenges of my life? Or am I still finding my mind? I call it the slippery mind whose only job is to keep us safe. Very powerful. It's the explainer, the judger, the labeler. Very powerful with only one mandate. How can I survive? But it's not very smart. But yet it gets triggered. All of a sudden you've got success to the slippery minds like, uh-oh, now we're going to be seen. Oh, now what if I... Uh, run out of that million dollars I just made on that launch or whatever. That's how it thinks. Right. It does. It operates on a specific channel. And that's how, and key thing is I've learned to approach my mind like a radio where I've learned to change the channel from the crap channel to the clear channel where my cognitive issues don't exist. My doubts and fears and worries in my past don't exist. I'm now tuning in the clear high definition channel where I can think more clearly. Because I was, I, I, my number one complaint to my dad, the doctor for 52 years uh, was, I can't think straight. I'm in a fog. And he didn't know how to help me. He would have me see the doctors and I took these brain supplements called nootropics. I've read all the books. And Again, I couldn't wake up my mind. So when I am able to think clearly, it is noteworthy. So at the clear channel, and I make it a game, go for a, what channel am I tuned into? Oh, I see that doubt. I see that fear. I feel it in my body right now. I'm kind of crunched. My energy's low. Okay, great. Now let's entice the mind to change that channel. And when I do, I can tell it's all about feedback, measurable, tangible results, moment to moment. That's, moment that's, that's that self-feedback. That's that, self-feedback. Uh, for my body, Right. When I know what to look like, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I have over a dozen different feedback loops that my body is telling me what channel am I tuned into. My drums, I have in front of me all, at all times because they have turned out to be my number one teacher in a split, literally to one hundredth of a second based on science from I get from electrical engineering, is that it will let you know what channel you're tuned into. 
Well, you should be chanting. As you know, you Carl, you should be uh, tuned to the uh, late night health channel um, because that's very high def and lots of good information there. We're out of time. I'm going to invite you back and you'll we're going to get into more of the what to do if you're in that brain fog funk. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we'll do that next time if you remember what the topic is. Absolutely. Um, all right. But yes. before we go, you've got, uh, uh, I see several drums. I see some electric drums to your left. I see uh, what look like bongos to me in the front. Can you, uh, <laughs> can you play, uh, play something for us just for maybe 20 or 30 seconds as we wrap up? Sure. Let me know if you can hear it, first of all. Beautifully. Nice. sample impromptu right there <laughs> hey listen i uh, i really appreciate your time i want to give a shout out to uh, tom martin for introducing us um one of my favorite people and carl uh, you will come back i'm not i made that a statement not a question you noticed that ready anytime all right hey that's love it great. this was so much fun boy time flies though huh it does we <laughs> I, I promised 20 minutes we've done a half hour all uh, right listen thank you very much for spending some time with us here at late night health we really appreciate it if you want information on carl we have his uh website of uh, up underneath us right now and of course you can find out more by going to latenighthealth.com we'll have uh, an article we'll have his pretty picture and uh, a way to contact him as well uh, carl again thank you very much i'm mark allen thanks for watching we'll see you on our next episode